How many were here last week? Last week, man, we, my goodness, y'all were like, we went nuts last week. And uh, we're going to clutch in talks entitled Bible Stories. Uh, but last week was, uh, we talked about P-O-D. I'm a priest on duty. And so with a show of hands, how many walked into this past week as a priest on duty? All right. How many had the opportunity? How many know I'm talking about? To be a priest on duty. Right? And so our scripture verse for uh, this last week and as well as today is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 10. Verse 1 and 10. But I'm going to jump right to verse 4. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's get your Bibles out real quick. I don't want to read this because uh, i got a word today. Uh, as you come to him, and this is Peter talking to the uh, church in Rome. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, Jesus was chosen and he was precious. So you yourselves, like living stones, like Jesus, are being built up as a spiritual house. How many know? We're not called to build, use people to build a church. We're called to use this church to build people. And Jesus will build this church. And so we want us to, uh, as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God and through Jesus Christ. And so today, folks, we are priests on duty. And so if you like today's message and maybe you missed last week's message or you didn't check it out on YouTube and online audience really quick, Nami, I see you, you're on here as well. Amanda, we're going to be praying for a new home for you, Amanda. David, Carolyn, Martha, Victoria, Rebecca, Emily, the entire Lot family. And Lot family are praying for your dad. And so, man, uh, can we give it up for our online audience real quick? My goodness. In church, but consistently every week, we, we uh, read true metrics. We don't read the three-minute views or people swiping on. But we have about 70 seats that are watching us online. So online church, we love you. And this is what we talked about last week, that we're not called to be consumers or to be entertained, but we're called to lift up his holy name. We are priests. We are priests. And it rhymes because I'm a good pastor. I'm a good pastor. But the title of my message today is, is I, I'm a priest... And I brought my sacrifices. I'm a priest, and I brought my sacrifices. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your word. God, I think your word is living, it's active, it's powerful. But God, I thank you that your word, written thousands of years ago, applies to us today. As a Holy Spirit, I pray that don't just give us information, but use that information for transformation. So Holy Spirit, today we give you permission to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to, uh, to change our lives, Father. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts, we open up our minds to allow you to transform our lives in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, thank you for rain, but we need a dry. We need a little bit drier in Vegas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm a priest, and I brought my sacrifices. I'm a priest, and I brought my sacrifices. Now, if you study God's word in uh, Genesis, Exodus, and then Leviticus, you're going to see the entire book of, or literally, 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 the entire book of Leviticus, chapter 1, all the way through 27, you'll see various uh, sacrifices being made. Priests would come in, they go into the holies of holies, and then there was explicit instructions. A lot of times, I'm going to read through my Bible in a year, and you get to Leviticus, and you're like, ah, scratch that. You know, like, like, I'll just go back to the New Testament. Because it's weird. I mean, it's, they're taking cows and cutting them in half and doing a figure eight and, and all these things. And the reason why it's so important in the Old Testament was because a blood sacrifice had to be made for the atonement of sins. So there's a reason for it. And, 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 and God didn't want just like a leftover animal, you know, like the one that walked weird, you know. God wanted the best one. He wanted the first of it all. Some of you can walk out of here today, so I apologize. I am the lead pastor. 
But then Jesus came. And when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. When he died, the veil tore in half. And now we don't have to give up animal sacrifices of a dog or a cat or, you know, a cow or anything like that. Can we get an amen? Amen. Except for cats. That's unfortunate. Okay. But Peter says this. He says, as you come to him, a living stone, as priests. When you come to Jesus as a priest, every single person in this room, you are a priest. You're not a priest by what you do. You're but you're a priest because Jesus says you're a priest. You're a sitting on a hill. You're, you're light. You're, you're salt. You're, you're, you, you, you belong to God. But we are a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that is acceptable to God. And so Peter talks about spiritual sacrifices. He had really, had, I mean, he had to emphasize like spiritual, all right? Because I know some of you out there, right? You're like, yeah, let's, let's do something. Let's, 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 you know. But Peter said we want a spiritual Sacrifice, But sometimes in this day and age, we take that and go, well, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. That eliminates a lot in my life. But I really want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Even today, in 2022, in the New Testament, in, in this day and age, God still wants sacrifices. Okay? He still wants sacrifice. Now, if you're brand new with us today, please hold on. We're not weird. We're not a cult, all right? We're not like, sacrifice, you know, like lock the door. Okay, we're not doing that. But, but God still wants sacrifices. So let's talk about that today. Yeah. Now, sometimes I, I, I grew up in church, and uh, man, I'm trying to get people saved from church. And so I want you to know God, because knowing church is great, and it's wonderful, and traditions are incredible. But I want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so sometimes those in the church world say, well, Jesus doesn't want sacrifice, because in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick. That is why at Avenue Church, we're not, a, we're not like, a, like a club, all right? Like, like, like we're, we're not like some secret society. Man, we're a hospital, right. and we're full of sick people. That's why we gather together, because sick, when sick people get together, I believe God heals us. So it says, go and learn what this means. Jesus said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So right here, um, we don't have to sacrifice anything because Jesus himself said it. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. But if you begin to study this out, and anytime you read the Bible, I need you to ask questions. Yeah. Don't go on TikTok, don't go on Facebook, go into a commentary, find a theologian. And I want you to say, what does this mean? And in my Bible, my Bible is not even a fancy Bible. There's a little number there. I read the number. I go down to the side, the footnotes, or the footnotes, or the side. And my Bible said, hey, Jesus is actually repeating Hosea. And when he's repeating Hosea, this is what he says. Hosea's words were not a blanket condemnation of the sacrificial system of the Jewish nation at the time. And so Jesus was, just like Pastor Lindsay, Jesus, Jesus quoted Isaiah 61. So he was quoting the Bible at the time that was available to them. And so when Jesus said this, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, he was quoting Hosea. And the reason why he was quoting Hosea was because Hosea was not condemning sacrifice, but, but, he was, but, but rather God was condemning a thoughtless mechanical approach to sacrifice. This is too good. A thoughtless mechanical approach. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm just here in church today. What are you doing? I just showed up today. Oh, check mark, I'm good. I'm going to get to heaven at least today because I came to church. I did a good deed. I did something well. But a religious ritual helps when it's carried out with an attitude of love for God. With an attitude of love for God. If a person's heart is far from God, 
Rituals will become empty mockery. Why do you not think those that don't love Jesus make fun of us gathering together as a church? Or those that don't love Jesus go, why are you doing all those things for Avenue Church or for that church or for, for all that religious institute? But he said, God did not want Israelites' rituals. He wanted their hearts. So what Jesus was doing is he was challenging the Pharisees to apply Hosea's words to themselves. You know what, friends? God doesn't want your rituals. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Can I even say, and it might be my notes further out, but, but sacrifice, it's a love thing. It's a love thing. Romans chapter 12, Paul says, May I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do I do it because I have to? No, I do it because I love Jesus. Holy and acceptable to God, which is my spiritual worship. Therefore, do not be conformed. This word also means don't look like the world. We could be in the world to impact the world, but we're not to conform to this world, but transform by the renewing of our mind so we may test and uh, discern what God's will is for our life. For many of us in this room, a major sacrifice is not becoming like the world. And there are seasons where we have to fast, seasons where we have to pray or lay down or there are seasons where we have to omit for a while because we're getting addicted or becoming like. But Ephesians chapter 2, just so you have some good news, right? But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even though we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. All right? So, so I'm going to paint a picture here because some of us might leave this room going, I got to sacrifice. I got to do, I have to do all these things so I'm made right in God's sight. But this word says, by grace, you have been saved. God raised us up with him, seated us with the heavenly places. For by grace, you've been saved through faith that is not by your own doing. It's the gift of God, not result of works. But God made us a workmanship in Christ and God prepared us for good works so that we may walk in them. What in the world did Pastor Jeremy just say? I want you to know, God created us for good works and that's our sacrifice. That's my sacrifice. Every single day, I'm a living sacrifice. Every single day, I'm a living sacrifice. Sometimes uh, uh, we set up on Saturdays. We walk around here and go, I don't have to set up. I get to set up. It's a living sacrifice, you know. <laughs> it's a living sacrifice. But here's the tension Jesus is saying. He's not saying, I don't want your sacrifice. I still want sacrifice, but I want your heart. An acceptable sacrifice, right? An acceptable sacrifice is one in love for God. But many of us need to know it's not for forgiveness. It's because of forgiveness. I get to do this. I do this out of love and adoration. But God, rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, Jesus sacrificed himself. He will never ask us to do something he hasn't already done. And that is why I love Jesus, because sacrifice is very much a love thing. Very much a love thing. You know, um, this, November, uh, this October, this October, oh my goodness, hey, I'm sorry. This October, I'm going to be married for 15 years, all right? I did it. I did it. Hey. October, October. And uh, October, somewhere in October, at the end of the month. Near Halloween, October, and uh, uh, but 15 years ago, 
I'll tell you what, dating is different than, like, you know, than being married, okay? When you're dating, like, you just get, you know, there's easy gifts to give at Christmas and Valentine's, you know, like jewelry and, you know, cute things. But, but when we got married and, and uh, after the wedding, we, we moved in together and had our first rental home, had our first Christmas tree, all excited about it. Before we went to our in-laws, we woke up on Christmas morning, like, this is our first Christmas together, you know? And I, I planned out these gifts. And, 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 and before I set up this, this story, true story, um, Pastor Lindsay, she doesn't have favorites. She doesn't have a favorite restaurant. She doesn't have a favorite, like, food. She, has, she, she never has favorites. Anytime it's her birthday or pastor appreciation, people are like, what's her favorite? Nothing, you know, like, nothing's her favorite. It's just kind of that seasonal, like, and so I was struggling. Your boy was struggling because I couldn't just show up on Christmas morning together as a married couple going, here's a, here's a necklace, you know, like, we have to have lots of presents. And so, uh, which is not true, but at the time. And so I'm going out, I'm buying things, and I'm going, you know what? I snore. I, I was a little heavier. I was 260 pounds because I made sure she married me from my mind, not my body, you know. And, uh, and so I snored a lot, I guess. And so with that, I bought a noisemaker. I mean, literal, like, yeah, it's on our phones now, but it was like a box. And it was like ocean, woods, you know, birds doing stuff, you know, like, and all these little things. And, and then I bought her something else. And so she opened up the, the present. And she went, oh, I'm so excited. And she went, what's this? I was like, it's a noisemaker, so you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear my snoring. And she went, really? I was like, yeah, that's thoughtful, right? She said, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Open your gift. I was like, I've always wanted this, you know, like. And I go, open up another gift. And another gift she opens up. And when she opened it up, it was pink. Uh, this, this item was, it was, it was pink pajamas. Or no, it was, it was pink from Victoria's Secret sweats. It was a velvet, it was an all-night audience, it was a velvet jumpsuit, and it was pink. I got her jumpsuit in Vegas, and pink, she does not like wearing pink. And so that, that was my first Christmas that we went shopping immediately after, right? Took everything back and went to Target, baby, okay? Now we know. But I tell you that because I, I didn't, at that time, wasn't really listening to what her preference was. Was really listening to the cues that I get every single day and week and year, you know. <laughs> I wasn't like saying, what do you enjoy? What do you like? I know what I like, but what do you like? Didn't understand her preference. Wanted to know an acceptable sacrifice is a sacrifice that God has asked for. It's his preference. It's his preference. So let's talk about that real quick. I got two portions. I'm going to go as quick as I can. I'm going to fly by. Somebody once told me, Pastor, you go fast. I said, come on, somebody. All right. And here is God's, what's God's preference for worship? What's God's preference for worship? Because for many of us, we, we have a preference saying, this is what I like. I will lift my hands when you sing that one song. Right? Christian karaoke on Sunday morning. You know, I'll worship if I feel, I mean, I just don't feel like it. And I just... So what's God's preference? That's our preference. Here's God's preference. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. I've got a ton of scriptures today. So screenshot it if you're watching online. You can take photos as quick as you can. But First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. This is God's preference. Sing to him. Sing praises. Tell of all his wondrous 
works. First Chronicles said this, but David and all Israel were celebrating before God. This is the man after God's own heart for a reason. David understood God's preference. And so David, so he, he, they celebrated with all their might, not a little bit, not 10%, but all their might with songs, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. Now, do we use cymbals today? No! We use, uh, you know, bass and guitar and things like that. The, what, what is this? God loves it when we sing, when we do it with all of our might, when we do it out of love and adoration, but also when we use instruments, when, when we use those types of things. This is God's preference for worship. God likes it when we clap our hands. God likes it when we raise our hands. I got to tell you, I got to do the worship check and go, okay, I'm good. No belly, no belly. Yeah. That's me, okay, that's me. But I understand what God likes and sometimes I forget. So God, what's your preference for worship? I want to adore you. I want to praise you. I know God likes it when I clap my hands. God likes it when I raise my hands. God likes it when I sing. God likes it when I shout. That's his preference in worshiping him. Because worship isn't me worshiping me. Worship is me worshiping him. So what's God's preference for giving? All right, what's God's preference for giving? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. This is God's preference. The point is, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. If you sow a little bit, you'll get back a little bit. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. This is God's preference. I didn't write this. This isn't, this isn't Jeremy's word. This is God's word. God's saying, hey, this is my preference. If you give a little, you're going to get a little. If you get bountifully, you're going to get bountifully. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is God's preference. This is his preference. For many of us, we say, well, that's Old Testament. Old Testament's 10% and giving, and, and now it's the New Testament. That's old sacrifices. Now we have new sacrifices. I'm not going to, no, I don't want to get in that argument because it's not an argument. And the Old Testament's 10%, and the New Testament's actually 100%. It's a living sacrifice. So what's God's preference for giving? It's, man, give, it'll be given back down. Press down, shaking together, running over. What's this mean? A lot. All right? Matthew chapter 6 says this, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and the Father who sees in secret will reward you. So he says, don't just give up. Hey, look at me, I'm giving. But God says, this is my preference. We do our very best at Avenue Church to have giving boxes on the side. We talk about it, we encourage it. But man, it is between you and God. God loves a cheerful giver. So what's God's preference for serving? He has a preference for serving. Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 14, God says, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works, your living sacrifice. I know it's tough and difficult to go and serve, and it is, can I tell you, serving's hard. It's not easy. But when we do it, others see the light of Jesus in you. And it's an incredible thing. Why? Why do I, do I say that to twist your arm to get you to connect one day, August 21st? No. I do it because it's God's preference. It's his preference. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, for you are called to freedom, brothers. But don't just use your freedom as opportunity for the flesh. I'm saved by grace. But it says, but through love, serve one another. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's just God's preference. 
I'm just sharing God's preference today. How about God's preference for loving? My goodness, I remember, I need to remember this when I'm driving in Las Vegas, Nevada, you know. What's God's preference for loving? When I'm on Facebook and I see somebody, you know. What's God's preference for loving? This is his preference. John 15, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. The greater love is no one than this. And someone lays down his life for his friends. My goodness, what kind of church will we be if we lay down our life for others? If we just love people unconditionally. Man, what kind of church, what kind of impact could we make? Ephesians chapter 5 says this, Wives, submit to your husband. Since we're talking about serving today. Right? Men! Says this, Wives, submit to your husbands. Serve your husbands. For the husband is the head of the church. Right? And wives, of the, uh, for, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. His body is himself his Savior. Now, I bring this up today because... I think one of the hardest things is I can serve you for a couple hours and then go home, but it's hard to kind of serve one another sometimes. And I bring this up because many times in the local church we go, wives, I need you to submit to your husbands. This is where it gets awkward, right? But then Paul goes on to say, but husbands, I know several men that you, this is like the only verse you know. That's it. Jesus wept and wives submit to me. Make me a sandwich. You know, like, yeah. But Paul continues on to say, because we have the whole Bible, not just a little bit of a Bible. But Paul says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So what does this have to do with, I know the lady, like, ah, right? So, in, in, so essentially, this is a, here's a wife, and then here's a husband. You find somebody, right? Come on, yeah, yeah. You find somebody, you date, and then when you get married, it's like husband is on top and wife's on the bottom. She needs to submit to him, right? Submit to him. But then Paul says, but then husbands, you are to what? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. What did Jesus do for the church? He died for the church. He sacrificed his life for the church. And so now it is, it is, it is yes, you submit to me, but then I sacrifice to you. So you submit, I sacrifice. You submit, I sacrifice. What is it? Man, we are, we are to become one flesh. It is not one is greater than the other. You like that? It is right here. It is a, it is a unit. Of, of, it is two individuals serving each other. Two individuals serving each other. So this is God's preference. It's not my preference. It's God's preference, right? But here's what I want us to ask today. How can we sacrifice? So now that we know God's preferences, how can we sacrifice today? I'm a POD, and I brought my sacrifices. I might get a little sweaty up here because it is a little humid. Can I get an amen? amen. But how do we sacrifice today? In Hebrews chapter 13, I was almost going to read verse, uh, 19 verses. In Hebrews 13, it talks about how to be a living sacrifice. But we're going to go through Hebrews 13 today as quick as I can. But first, it says this in Hebrews 13. It says, let, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So how can I bring my sacrifice? By showing hospitality. That's an acceptable sacrifice. Invite people into your home. Invite, invite people into your life. Man, serve those that are, that are you know, serve strangers and unfortunate ones. Uh, serve those that even says in prison. Man, just show hospitality. I've... I've this is an incredible sacrifice in this day and age, I feel. Like we've lost the art of just serving one another. 
Just being hospitable. Can I get you a drink? Can I get you this? Can I, can I just do life with you? Can I walk with you? That's what hospitality is. And here in, the, in a great commentary by Wilson, it says, ministering to the needy is clearly expected by God as made evident in Jesus' instructions regarding the judgment of the nations, feeding the hungry, quenching the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, caring for the sick, and visiting the imprisoned. And I love this because Jesus, Matthew 25, says, For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the king will answer to him, this is through a parable, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to, to, to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I love Jesus. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm a priest, and I brought my sacrifices Man, this uh, Hebrews chapter 13 continues on to say, and I'm teaching today. Is this okay? So sorry, I'm teaching. I'm teaching today. I'll shout and grab it in a minute, all right? We'll get crazy. But Hebrews 13, it continues on to say, let marriage be held in honor among all. Let marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Now, I didn't pick this uh, today, all right? This is not Jer- Pastor Jeremy's topic today. But what's an acceptable sacrifice? It's by being pure. I love Jesus, so I want to, I want to be pure. That's my acceptable sacrifice. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Friends, I'm here to share with you today in the most life-giving way. You are a temple, not a shack. Man, you are, you are extraordinary. You're God's masterpiece. But it says, says, whom you have from God, you're not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Now, in the local church, I grew up with, hey, you got to have all these things and rules and things like that. Rules, people, people tend to break rules because we're just rebellious in nature. We're sinners saved by grace. So I want us to walk out today saying, you know what? I am a, I am a living sacrifice. I choose today to be pure and holy. Hebrews chapter 13 continues on to say, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I'm going I'm to be pure. I'm going to be pure, but I'm also going to be free from the love of money. Be free from the love of money. First Timothy chapter 6. I'm just going to rattle through scriptures today. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For many of us, we're trying to hustle and, you know, if I could just get all these things and make money and and acquire all the possessions I desire, man, I got to have this and that. I'll be content. But right here, man, you need God in order to be content. For we are brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of the world. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. I want you to see this. Money is not evil. Money, money is not evil. It's the love of money that becomes evil. It's a root of all kinds of evils. It's through the craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. My goodness, what a good word today, huh? Is this fun? Sure. This is God's preference, and so I want to take God's preferences and say, God, man, you know, like, like really good churches, man, I'm about to do things my way, but, but a godly church is doing things God's way. Doing things God's way. So Hebrews continues to say this, I mean... Like, why do you give, like, why do you, we tithe, we give over 10, over 10%. Why do we do that? Just so I know, my, so that my money knows who's really in control. It's not me. It's not money. It's Jesus. 
So I've got to be aware, I've got to make sure that I am free from the love of money. But also, Hebrews 13 says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. I like this next one because an acceptable sacrifice is trusting God. I love God. but I want to trust God. I want to trust him with my life. Man, it's so easy for us. We learned this last week. God's never too early. He's never too late. He's always right on time, and I hate it. But that's trusting the Lord. That's saying, God, I trust you with my life. Proverbs chapter 3, we all know this. Trust the Lord with all your heart, but don't lean to what you understand. Man, lean on what he says in his word, in prayer, in the in August uh, prayer and feasting. Say, God, how can I hear from the voice of God? How can I hear from God? In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. How many are ready today to, to give God an acceptable sacrifice? Acceptable sacrifice. And I know the Holy Spirit is doing a work in our hearts because I got convicted all week this week. Because the last one in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So finally, how can I bring an acceptable sacrifice? It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of praise. So I know our worship teams are going to move a little bit here, and uh, we're about to, to, to practice this, but Psalms 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary at Avenue Church. Praise him in, his, in the mighty heavens. Praise him with trumpet sound, with, with, with guitar and bass and drums, right? And with dance. Praise him. Dance. Who dances? Come on, somebody. Like, why do the clubs get to have dancing? Why can't we dance in church? Come on. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So if church, this is what I worship when I show kindness to strangers. I worship when I'm pure. I worship when I give money to Jesus and to others, when I tithe and give. I worship when I do things afraid, but I still trust in him. I worship when I lift my voice and I raise my hands. Can I take it a step further? I, I worship when I raise my voice, lift my hands, and my world is falling apart. And I don't feel like it, and, and I'm in pain. It's because I trust him. Because I trust him. But today, church, I'm a priest, and I brought my worship. I'm a priest, and I brought my worship. I'm a priest, I'm a PLD, and I brought my worship. But one of the reasons why we bring our worship and we sacrifice because of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That he sacrificed his son. Whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but to have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. My friends, I worship when I show kindness. I worship when I'm pure. I worship, I'm not saying perfect. I worship when, I, when I'm generous. I worship when I 
do things afraid, but I trust in him. When I take a step and say, Lord, I think this is what you spoke to me in, in, uh, during prayer and feasting, and, and, and Jesus, it lines up in your word, and Jesus, I trust you, but I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, a, I'm afraid, but I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to sing. I'm going to clap. I'm going to, uh, man, if you're a father in this house, if you're a man in this house, worship is not feminine. Worship is my sacrifice. Worship is not just for the, you know, it's, it's for me. It's for us today. So I worship when I lift my voice and lift my hands, but I also I worship when I take Holy Communion to remember. Because this is Jesus' preference. He said, hey boys, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to go and get crucified. And he said, on the night that he was betrayed before Judas came, kissed him on the cheek and the guards came and they crucified him. Jesus had bread and he had some, some wine. And he said, I'm about to be the ultimate sacrifice. I'm about to give my life for all humanity. So do this in remembrance of me. So taking Holy Communion to remember the ultimate sacrifice so that I could be a living sacrifice. So I could be a living sacrifice. And I'm a living sacrifice not for the forgiveness of my sins, but I am, I'm a sacrifice because of, my, of the forgiveness of my sins. That I love Jesus. Jesus, while I was still a sinner, died on the cross for me. So communion helps me to remember that. So if you got your communion elements, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to sit in your seat for just a moment, get your communion. If you don't have one of these, you don't have to be part of our church to take communion, but just raise a hand. Uh, our uh, worship host will make sure you have one of these. Uh, we got a couple over here that need some. But our worship team's just going to sing for about 30 seconds to a minute. I want you to think, and here's my, here's my challenge. I want you to think about what would be God's preference in your life? What would be God's preference in your life? And I want you to think about that. Go ahead, worship team. In just a moment, I'll walk you through communion. The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful
I want you to just close your eyes with your communion element. You know, the Bible says, don't take communion in an unworthy manner, meaning dissect your heart and say, Holy Spirit, man, forgive me. I've been doing things the way that I prefer it. I've been serving God with contingencies. I've been serving God by saying, hey, this is how I want things done. I begin to realize that although we serve a God full of grace and mercy, Father, I want to do things your way. I thank you for over 2,000 years ago for dying on the cross. I thank you in the book of Isaiah, it says that by your stripes, you're healed. With Jesus, you looked at the disciples and you said, take this bread, and you broke it. And you said, this is my body. Man, this is my sacrifice. And he said, I want you to eat this in remembrance of me. So I want you to take that little crispy wafer that represents Jesus' body. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for being a sacrifice. Go ahead and eat it. And then Jesus had a cup. And it was red, which represents the blood of Jesus. Now this is just delicious, consecrated, concentrated grape juice. But we do this in remembrance to say, God, thank you. That you didn't hold back. We learned this last week. The greatest miracle was that he resurrected from the dead. But the second greatest miracle is possibly what he didn't do. He didn't end it, he didn't quit, he didn't give up, but he said, it is finished. He became the ultimate sacrifice for us. I want you to drink of this juice and just say, Jesus, heal my body, heal my mind, set me free in Jesus' name. Go ahead, drink the juice. I want you to go ahead and put your cup down. And here's my challenge for you this morning. Can we praise him the way that he prefers to be praised? Can I encourage you to take it a step further? If you're not a hand raiser, raise your hands. If you're not a clapper, clap. If you're not a kneeler, kneel. I want you to encourage you today. Maybe this is the first time in church, you're like, what kind of church are we in? This is just, we just strive to be a Bible-believing, life-giving church. Not my opinions, it's all about God's word. But right ahead, about if I close, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We're gonna wrap up in just a minute. I think somebody needs to see this on the screens here today. You are acceptable and you are pleasing to God. You are acceptable and you are pleasing to God. You are a worthy sacrifice. So just a moment, I want you to raise your hands in this place today. And Father, today we, we, we're going to worship you the way you prefer it.
church when we do it the way he prefers it he shows up every single time his peace his love his grace his mercy his presence Abby and Fadon and Leah can we sing that one more time with, without music that's okay have I closed if you're in this place today man don't let me interrupt your worship if you're here today and you say man I just want Jesus to be Lord of my life before you walked into this room today you never realized that you are acceptable and you are so pleasing to God and he loves you he died on a cross for you you are saved by his grace and by his mercy there's nothing you gotta do except but to receive it Here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He's confirming his word that you are acceptable and he loves you. You're in this room today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just put a hand up. Just one hand. Just put a hand up. It's okay. I'm not going to single you. I'll call you. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. There's several hands up. I see those hands. I see it. I'm so proud of you. So it's all prayer, prayer. It's all prayer, prayer. Come on. We're going to pray an acceptable sacrifice to Jesus. 
I mean, at Avenue Church, we don't do things alone. And we all a little bit, we all a little bit jacked up, but we all need Jesus together. So let's all lift our voice and say, dear Jesus, say thank you for being the acceptable sacrifice. So today, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know I'm acceptable, I'm holy, I'm pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. Amen.